Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Hey, what a, what a, what a time to be alive, right? What, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty radical, this life that we're living at the moment. I mean, there's so much to be thankful for, right? There's, there's so much to be thankful for. There's also a lot of challenges. There's, there's a little pandemic that's just throwing everything all over the place. You know, there's, there's, there's challenges with finances. There's challenges in relationships. Uh, there's, there's a blurring of the lines between what's right and wrong these days. There's confusion around identity. We see suicide rates spiking and anxiety rates and depression rates just, just spiking. And so we're, we're living in challenging times. And what this world needs are men and women of faith, men and women who would rise, men and women who would take the hope, the love, the joy, the peace, the strength that Jesus gives us and give it to others. That's what this world needs. This world needs people who will say, yeah, the challenges, the the circumstances are going to be all over the place. They're going to change at the drop of a hat, at the drop of Mark McGowan's decision. Uh, They're going to change. Our feelings and our emotions are going to, they're like a roller coaster. If if your emotions are like that, check your pulse. (laughs) That despite the circumstances changing, despite the feelings and our emotions changing, there's one thing that doesn't change. It's the truth that Jesus Christ is still the King and he's on the throne and he's our saviour. That is what the world needs, what only Jesus can give. And we have that. What I've found, just being really honest with you right now, is, is in my pursuit to be that man of faith that God's called me to be. I can sometimes get drawn in to kind of the circumstances of the world and I can be overwhelmed at times and I can be gripped by fear. Fear can grab a hold of me. And I can be paralyzed by fear, fear of the unknown. There's times when doubt can kind of overwhelm me. And I'm like, God, are you really, God, are you really in this? And then especially in this season, this idea of self-preservation, that we would kind of look after ours and, and mine and, and, and make sure that, that everything's quarantined and everything's contained and everything's sorted and, and, and we'll look after ourselves because, you know, we're, we're struggling as it is. And I've, I've, I've found that, that what, can, what can help us when we face those three things is what I'm going to share from this incredible story from the Old Testament. I'm preaching from the Old Testament today. Woo! And so 2 Kings Chapter 6, we have the people of Israel who are, I'm not, I'm not at the scripture yet. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we, have, we have the people of Israel and we're in, a, we're in a time for the people of Israel, so 18, sorry, the 800s BC and the kingdom has split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So the northern kingdom is our focus for this morning. And the northern kingdom is called Israel, and the capital of Israel is, is Samaria. And these guys have had a bad run at it. They've, they've faced some challenges. We think we've faced some These guys have faced some challenges. They've got a, a, a rotten king. They've had rotten king after rotten king after rotten king. 
terrible leadership. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, don't read into this, all right? Don't read into this to where our, our current situation. Uh, but these guys, ungodly kings who are leading them away from the, the plans and the purpose of God. They're facing challenges. And so there's disunity amongst the people. And as a result, the, the, the surrounding people groups, they smell blood. These, this guy, these guys are an easy kill. The Israelites are an easy kill. We're going to take them out. And so even, even people groups like the Arameans, who weren't necessarily real bad enemies towards the Israelites, they were kind of like, yeah, whatever. They decide that they want to take on the Israelites. And so we read in verse 8 of chapter 6, now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. He decided he wanted to go to war with Israel. And so he's making plans. He's making all these plans of how we can take out the Israelites the northern kingdom. And somehow those plans are getting to the king of Israel. And he's like, what's going on here? There was a prophet, his name was Elisha, and he was hearing from God all these plans of the Arameans, and he was being able to relay that to the king of Israel. And they were being able to kind of plan and prepare so the Arameans couldn't take them out. And, and the king of Aram was, is he's ticked. He's really ticked off. He's like, how, what, what's going on here? Ah, it's Elisha. Okay, he needs to go. I want his head. We need to get, we need to get rid of him. And so they find out where Elisha is staying. He's staying in a place called Dotham. And they, in verse 14, uh, the king sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. Excuse me. They went by night and surrounded the city. In verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Now listen to his response. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? Fear gripped him. He saw what he could see with human eyes and fear gripped him. What are we going to do? Have we asked that question over the last 18 months at, at all? <laughs> Is there a situation in our world that we're looking at? And we're like, what are we going to do? A fear can grip us. When we look at our future and it's uncertain, fear can grip us at that uncertainty. When there's a situation in our family and a relationship and and, and, it, and it's, it's fractured and there's, there's fear around, is this ever going to be resolved? What are we going to do? When there's financial pressures and we're looking at our, our bills and we're looking at our budget and they don't match up and fear grips us, what are we going to do? When our anxiety and our mental health, we're, we're struggling with that and we just don't know if we're ever going to be able to be free from that. God, what are we going to do? Have you ever asked that question? I'm sure we have. And I love Elisha's response in, in verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Oh. And verse 17, and Elisha prayed. He wasn't just like, oh, it'll be fine. You'll be fine. We'll, we'll be good. Nah, he, he put his money where his mouth was. He didn't just say and, and make a faith declaration. It was backed up with prayer. And he prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that they may see. 
that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. In other words, he, as Elisha prayed, opened his eyes. He saw not just what he could see in the natural, but he began to see what only God could see. He began to see God's provision. He began to see God's ability to come through and his faithfulness open our eyes. The antidote to fear, the thing that would counteract fear in this season so you and I can be people of faith and overcome challenges is that we would open our eyes. That we would open our eyes and see what God sees so that fear can be overwhelmed. It could be a, a, a realised fear, a real fear. It could be a perceived fear. And, and we had a moment, I had a moment a few weeks back. I was on annual leave and I had the opportunity to go over to Queensland. We we're going to go to the national conference. Um, I was the only WA representative over there. Sorry, Nicole. Uh, I, I, we went over, the only reason we got over because we, uh, Beth, my middle child and I went over a couple of days earlier so that I could go visit my brother and his family who have moved over. They moved over there over a year ago. I hadn't seen them. It was awesome to be able to catch up with them. And so we got over there and we had a couple of days hanging out and seeing the sights of, of Noosa. Anyone been to Noosa? I could live in Noosa. Far out. It's amazing. I love it. And so we're over there, had a couple of days, and then the news comes that WA is about to go into lockdown. <laughs> COVID cases. COVID is rife, thousands upon thousands. No, there's only one case. Uh, is this being recorded? I don't know. <laughs> and it was weird. It was really strange being over there because I felt like a bit of a, like, I was on the run. I'm, I'm a WA person. WA is going into lockdown. They're all, they've all got COVID. But this fear started rising in me. It wasn't, it was a perceived fear. And look, I don't get anxious very often. Nothing really causes me to get that anxious, but I, I was anxious. I started being really fearful about what was going to happen. What if I, I hadn't been to any of the exposure sites, but this is how your mind works, right? I've got COVID. I've just spent two days out in, in Noosa. I've basically just given everybody, I've spread COVID. I'm, I'm a super spreader. I'm done. I can, I can hear the ACA report now. Pasta spreads COVID everywhere. Tells people to drink methylated spirits. And then I say, and then how long were we going to be stuck in Queensland? It's a nice place. I love it. But it's not my home. And I was unsettled. And I had my daughter with me. And so this, this fear started rising. This anxiety started rising. And, and I couldn't get a test. We couldn't get a test until the Tuesday. Because every, you know what Queensland's like. They're just slow at doing everything. And so everything was closed for like three days. I couldn't get a test until the Tuesday morning. And then, I'm, and then I was told that it could be a three-day turnaround. I'd have to get the test, get the, get the uh, isolate, and then wait for the negative result, and then I could go to conference. I was getting the test on Tuesday. Conference started on Tuesday. Do you know how many days the conference lasted? Three days. It could have wiped me out the whole conference. And so I'm like, oh, this is, this is not cool. I'm so glad that I have a habit 
of reading the word and spending time praying because that thing got me through. That habit, that routine got me through. And look, I have, I've built this habit this year. It's, it's different. It's, um, it's, it's actually at night. It's reading the word and then it's, it's writing a prayer in a journal and then praying that, that prayer out. And I've just found it's just worked in this season. It hasn't been something I've done in the past, but it's working in this season. And usually when I'm on annual leave, I'm a little bit slacker with my routines around praying and reading. The, I'm just being honest with you guys. But for some reason, I'd kept it up. This was the reason. And so I switched it to mornings when I was over in Queensland and I, and I was praying and I was reading the word. And, and this is... I just want to take you inside a few of my journal entries, if that's okay. Just to help you see the progression from fearful, oh my goodness, as I pray God's opened my eyes to, he's got this. And so Sunday the 25th, I come to you. I don't know what the next week looks like and that concerns me. Everything can shift but you remain. I choose to remain in you. And I was like just grasping on that. I was just, it's just that little mustard seed of faith. Monday, strange and uncertain times, a little anxious. Hopefully get tested and get the result and be able to get some, to some of the conference. God, I ask that you make a way forward. That means we get to conference and get home safely. We forget, I was even at a point, forget about conference. I just want to get home. Tuesday, we were able to book a, a, a COVID test that morning. Thank you for hearing my prayers yesterday. Thank you for alleviating my anxious thoughts. Thank you for providing a pathway forward. You are good. You are kind. I pray for a supernatural turnaround of the results, Jesus. May it be less than 24 hours. I pray that Beth and I will be able to get to conference and be impacted, refreshed, and empowered. And that night, as Beth went to bed, we're in isolation in the hotel, and, and uh, Beth and I prayed, and we're just like, God... I pray that I'll wake up to text messages saying that we had the negative results so we could get to conference. Wednesday morning, there's a way through and it's your way. Show me your way, Lord. I want to thank you for your gracious kindness to Beth and I over this trip. Thank you for answering my prayers yesterday and making a way for us to be able to get to conference. The turnaround was 16 hours. I woke up I woke up to the text messages saying we had the negative results so I could get to the majority of conference and and you can, you can read how I started off a bit, <laughs> a bit shaky. But as I continued to pray, God opened my eyes to help see a way through. And he made a way through. He's faithful. He's so faithful. The antidote to fear is to open our eyes. And it all went well for the people of Israel. The, the Arameans decided, okay, we're going to stop raiding you. But who knows that as soon as one challenge finishes, another one comes along. It might not be straight away. We might have a little bit of time to be lulled into a false sense of security. And then another challenge is going to come. That's just life, right? And so we read in verse 24 of chapter 6, Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. It wasn't just a few horses and a few soldiers this time. It was the whole army. They decided, we're going to go full on right now. We're going to take these people out. And so they laid, laid siege to the capital city of Israel, and that's Samaria. And so a famine broke out because there was no food able to get into the city. And so these people are dying. These people are starving. Donkeys' heads are, are going for like 30 Bitcoin. And 
you know, because people are so desperate to eat, even to the point where the king is walking along um, one day and he comes across a woman who is, is distraught and she was talked into killing her child so they could eat her. That is the desperation that these people were facing. The desperation. And the king, who isn't a godly man, he's really ticked off about this. He's really unhappy about this, as you would be. But, but what he does is, is not great. He blames God and he blames Elisha. And he's like, where's Elisha? He's got to go. I mean, Elisha's, people don't like him, eh? They, they, they kind of want to take him out a lot. He spoke the truth in love. And so he goes to Elisha. And in verse 33, the second part of that, the king said to Elisha, this disaster's from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? We move from a servant saying, what are we going to do? To a king saying, why should we wait for the Lord any longer? Have you said that to God recently? Why should I wait for you, God, any longer for this healing? God, I've been praying for this answer, for this situation to shift and it hasn't happened. Why should I wait? Are you, are you for me? Do you actually care, God? Why should I wait for that thing to, to shift? Why, why should I? I've been praying for things to, to, to improve in my marriage and I haven't seen that take. Why should I wait for you any longer, God? God, I've been reading the Bible and praying and trying to, for it to come alive and nothing's happening. Why should I wait for you any longer, God? I've been praying for that family member who's distant from Christ and, and, and they, nothing's happened. They haven't accepted any invitation and, and haven't had an opportunity. Nothing's changed. Why should I wait for you any longer, God? And doubt can overwhelm us to the point where we're just willing to take things into our own hands. Why should I wait for you? any longer God. I love what Elisha's response is. Hear the word of the Lord. Open your eyes to hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A seer of the finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gates of Samaria. In other words, things were going to turn around. The breakthrough was coming. Why should we wait for God any longer? Because God is faithful. Because God will come through. He might not change the circumstance, but he might change us. God is with us and he's for us. And the biggest lie of the devil that we can believe is that God doesn't care, is that God's not for us. He is for us. He loves us. And so in that situation that you and I are facing, what's God said? What's he spoken? Hear the word of the Lord again. Maybe it's a scripture. Karen, my wife and I, we had a nine-year nine journey. We, we sold our first house and we decided uh, we'd rent for a while and we'd go debt-free and, and we'd sow significant finances, um, you know, multiple house deposits into beyond for a season. It was what we were called to do, but we, we also felt like there was still that desire for our own house. Didn't think it was going to take nine years. <laughs> Come on, God. And I remember there was times we lived, it was, we were renting Karen. It was a beautiful house. It was, it was, a, it was a beautiful area. We're walking, walking along the coast and praying. 
It's probably the worst place to pray when you're praying for a house and you're looking at all these mansions as you're walking. <laughs> that one's the last God. God. But scriptures would come to mind. Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Colossians 3, 1, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on heavenly things, not on earthly things. These scriptures were my anchor at, in this season. Hear the word of the Lord. What has God spoken for you in that season, in that situation? And we could say, oh, he's not speaking. I haven't heard anything. If we do it like a calculation, if God's not speaking and if we haven't heard from God, there's two reasons that that could be. There's something wrong with God's communication. I'm just, I'm just, this is, these are the two options. Well, somehow we're not hearing. Number one thing that stops us from hearing? Busyness. Wait. Stop. Listen. He's speaking. Be confident today that God is speaking to you. He's spoken in his word. He speaks through his Holy Spirit. He speaks through leaders and pastors. Maybe it's not a scripture that we need to hang on to. Maybe it's a, a word that Pastor Nicole or Pastor Steve has, has declared from the pulpit. And it's like a, it, 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 it's a repetitive kind of um, phrase, a declaration of faith that, 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 that they've heard from God and they're declaring, grab a hold of that for, for Pastor Jace. He, he says it's going to be a best year in the Bible. And he's not just throwing that out because it's like, I just want to make the people happy. He's heard from God. This is going to be our best year in the Bible. And so if we're struggling, declare that and continue just to grind it. Grind it out. The shift will come. The breakthrough will come. Or maybe it's a, a, a word from God through a song that we've sung. I love it when God speaks through a, a song and there's, a, there's, a, there's a one line that I just can't stop singing, you know. And maybe there's this uncertainty and this doubt whether... God's got our, our family. God's got our kids in the future. And we're kind of really grappling with that. Are you really for us, God? Are you going to come through for my kids? We can grab a hold of a line from the, the blessing. May his favour be upon you for a thousand generations. And your family, your children, their children, their children. Declare it. Sing it if you want. If you've got a good voice. And if you don't, just sing it. What is God speaking? The antidote to doubt is that we would hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Grab a hold of that word. And Elisha prophesied it and it came to pass. The siege was lifted. But there were four lepers who were outside the gates of Samaria and they didn't hear that Elisha had prophesied that the siege was about to end. And so it's night. The next day the siege is going to lift. But these lepers, these four lepers, uh, and can we have the band up? Or is uh, we? Yeah, Shade. That'd be awesome. Thanks, Shade. And Rex. I oh, know you're going somewhere else. <laughs> I thought you were going to come and sing. Rex is an amazing man. He comes into our office and he volunteers and he, he sings. He loves singing. He doesn't like being caught singing. He, he looks around, makes sure no one's looking, and then he belts it out. It's awesome. And so we have these four lepers and they haven't heard that the siege is about to lift and they're outside the gates of Samaria and they're basically like, we're at the end of our tether, right? If we stay here, we're dead. If we go inside, we're dead. 
let's just go out to the Aramaeans and surrender. Maybe they'll kill us, but maybe they'll let us live. And so these people at a point of desperation, talk about challenge, head out to the Aramean camp. In the meantime, the Aramaeans, about to settle down for a nice feed at dusk. Oh, we've got these guys. They're done. The Israelites are done for. It's, it's going to be a matter of hours. A day tops and they're done. All of a sudden, God comes through and they hear this sound of a mighty army and they freak out. They're filled with fear. And they go, it, it, it can't just, it doesn't just sound like the Israelite army. It must be the, the Hittites and the Egyptians that they've recruited as well. And so far out, we're dead. We've got to go. And so they bail. They leave everything, their tents, their food, their gold, their silver, everything that they have, they leave because they're, they're, they're gripped by fear and they bail. And so by the time the lepers get there, there's no one there. And so we pick up the story in verse 8. The man who had had leprosy reached the edge of the camp entered one of the tents and ate and drank. Good on them. <laughs> then they took silver and gold and clothes and went off and hid them. Okay, stretching it a bit, mate. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Okay. You can kind of understand it, right? No one was looking out for them. So they were going to look, after, look out for themselves. But what happened was self-preservation kicked in. And self-preservation, I've found, is, is it looms large over us in these challenging seasons. This desire to keep everything contained and look after ourselves. It's like there's one, you know, during the toilet paper pandemic, <laughs> you go into the shops and there's one roll of toilet paper left or one pack. And you bolt. And you grab that pack and you know that it's in your shopping trolley and there's 50 other people who miss out. It's, oh, as long as I've got mine, I'm, I'm sorted. And part of that's okay, but it's certainly not biblical. And it's certainly not faith-filled. That's challenging, hey? Because that's what we naturally want to do. We want to look after our family. We want to look after ourselves. Self-preservation. But can I ask you a question? Did self-preservation get the gospel to you? Was Jesus filled with self-preservation when he went to the cross? The gospel only got to me because someone chose to step out of self-preservation, step out of their comfort zones, take a risk, trust God, and by faith declare the gospel. And now it's our time. Now it's our turn to be those people of faith, to be those people who bring hope. And look, Let's not smash these guys because they did come to their senses in verse 9. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. Was this already up here? Did you already know the end of the story? Oh, good, good. What we're doing is not right. They came to their senses. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that just our lives as Christians? 
This is a day of good news. Every day is a day of good news when we have Jesus. Everything else is considered garbage, as the Apostle Paul says, compared to the knowledge of knowing Jesus. We've got the most precious thing, the most precious commodity, the most precious, most amazing, most eternal hope. You and I have that as followers of Jesus Christ. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it for ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they did and they called out and they told and reported everybody the good news. The siege was lifted, hope came, God came through. The antidote to self-preservation in this season for you and I to be men and women of faith is to give hope. It's to give hope the eternal hope that you and I have is not flimsy, it's an anchor. Do you know what his name is? Who his name is? His name's Jesus. Do you know that no pandemic has changed the fact that Jesus lived on this planet, a perfect life he never sinned? Do you know that, the, that COVID hasn't changed the fact that he, ah, I can't, I can't look at Sean and not get emotional, man, this guy. No pandemic, no challenge you're facing will change the fact that Jesus died on that cross for you and I. Perfect sacrifice. And nothing we have faced or will face in the future will change the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. That's the eternal hope that you and I stand on. And it's our responsibility to not just enjoy the benefits of that, but to give that hope to others. And that's what our Beyond season's all about, right? I love Beyond. I love how Beyond is such a heart of, of us as a church over the last, pretty much since we started as a church. And Beyond is our local, regional and global missions efforts. And basically, it, it's taking the hope that God has given us, the joy, the peace, the forgiveness, the love, and giving it to others in a tangible way. That's what Beyond is. And it kickstarts this Wednesday and it goes for the, are you, you guys doing it over the next couple of Sundays? It's an opportunity for you and I to, to overcome fear, to overcome doubt, to step out of self-preservation and say, it's our time to stand now. It's our time to shine. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.